Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a pretty amazing planet we live on here, and a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe. There is a hidden world where ancient evil weaves a modern mystery. What's going on here? Is it some kind of magic? The darkest magic. Ow! They call it Little China. Finally, we shall bring order out of chaos. It's where big trouble was waiting for Jack Burton. Who? Jack Burton. Me. Jack. Jack. Jack! Welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch old movies and see them through the modern lens. Oh, and today we are looking back on a good one. It has transformed, I think, kind of 180 from when it came out. For sure. I'm Robert Larone. With me, as always, is... Blaine Waters. And before we get into this crazy <laughs> movie. <laughs> like, certifiably insane. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we first would like to thank our Patreons. Those are the people who give us a little bit of money each month, and that helps us keep the podcast running. Mm-hmm. And in return, we give you a few perks, like you get the podcast early and ad-free. Yeah, you can also uh, do the double or nothing, uh, where you put money down. The and nothing we... or double, <laughs> you mean? <laughs> yeah, right, the nothing <laughs> or double. <laughs> In reference to this movie, we're going to be talking about. Yeah. So, Rob, when was the first time you saw this movie? Okay. So, I saw this movie a long time ago. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, nine or ten. And I think that my stepdad was watching it. I like how we haven't said the title of this. Like, it's going to appear in the room and hurt us. <laughs> like, accompanied by a gong sound. <laughs> <laughs> the movie that shall not be named. <laughs> we are talking about Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah. It's a, I mean, there's lots to talk about. I want to, so you were watching this with your stepdad. Well, I don't, I don't think I was watching it with him. We okay. didn't really do things together <laughs> because I did not like him Fair enough. and his life. <laughs> right. Okay. But he did watch uh, a lot of action movies and mm-hmm. a lot of like karate movies. He loved like anything where like a white dude knew how to kick some ass. <laughs> he was down. <laughs> That's great. So he was like a diehard fan, Lethal Weapon. He More was like all... Chuck Norris. Oh, okay. You know, like that sort Steven of... Steven Seagal. Yeah, that sort of style. Right. And so I... I I happened to see him watching this, and 
I did not know how to fathom what I was seeing because I was seeing a man expand. <laughs> a man and it wasn't just, Monty Python. No. It was a different movie. Well, I, I mean, it was clearly like an action movie with martial arts. So, like, I knew what was happening. I knew that there was good guys and bad guys. There was probably somebody's girlfriend that needed to be rescued. But I did not understand why this man was inflating and then exploding. Yeah. And, uh... That that was what I was left with for the next 28 years or oh however long Lord. it's been since I watched this movie. So you only saw kind of that part of the movie. Uh, you saw like excerpts from it. Yeah, I don't know if I actually sat through the whole thing. I just remember the truck. I remember Kurt Russell. I remember the guy inflating. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and then I remembered that I did not want to watch any more of the John Carpenter movies for a long time because it just seems so like, what is this? What am I? I don't then, you know, I grew up, I matured and I realized that things that are bad are actually good. <laughs> Thanks, culture, for, for 180-ing on that. That's really nice. So I was really happy that we would get the opportunity to uh, revisit Big Trouble in Little China, finally face my childhood fears <laughs> of inflating. Yeah. <laughs> Inflation, it'll get you. Yeah. Yeah, it really will. It, and it has. <laughs> but Blaine, when was the first time that you saw Big Trouble in Little China? I had a very similar experience. I remember <laughs> um, I got like a TV from my Oh my God. Uncle. He would give like big presents, and I, I, I've met him like three times in my life. They were stolen. <laughs> that I'm pretty sure. Fell <laughs> <laughs> off the back of a truck. Uh, yeah, no, he, he is, he is uh, into, into you petty larceny. Chinatown. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I mean, the last time I met him, I came into the room and I was like, "Last time I saw you, I was 15, but you had 10 fingers back then." <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait. My grandpa was missing fingers. Is oh, there something yeah? wrong with that? No, I What just, is that supposed to mean? I don't know what it means, but I know the story he told is not accurate. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it might be. I just I just like to imagine that he's involved in all these uh, crazy things. Well, but, there aren't that many good ways to lose a finger. Yeah. Unless you're a chef, I think yeah, I it's know. suspicious. Yeah. Or uh, my grandpa. He, it was legit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The accuser for your grandpa. So, that, that's, so I uh, I got a TV and my mom was like, "Okay, well, we'll hook up to the cable. You can put it in your room." But I was it was I was young. I was like, you know, right. 12, you weren't 13. ready. And there was like the the kind of Friday Nights Without Borders. Do you remember that? No. It was like on Showcase in Canada. Oh, was uh, it porn? It was. It was baby blue, <laughs> like movies. softcore. Yes. 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 And every- okay, I I saw it, but I probably just didn't watch the title. <laughs> and so every now and again, there'd be like a lead-in movie to to that, or this would be that, right? Uh, and it would be like a crazy, violent thing that would happen that right. I shouldn't have been watching uh, and getting away with and feeling really cool that I was watching it. And this was one of them, and it terrified me on so many levels. It felt icky. I like. I remember the next day. I remember the next day. Like, mom, going to... I feel icky. <laughs> <laughs> Who touched you? <laughs> it was like everything had a weird sheen to it after watching the movie. I, the next day, like, did you drink any magic potions? <laughs> <laughs> I feel so good right now. Um, the next day, I, I went to to school and I was like, "Did you guys see last night on TV? There was this movie where this guy went into Chinatown. He expanded." 
and blew up, but then there was Forget a brain it, that like had a whole bunch of eyeballs in it, and <laughs> there was like I, it was in Chinatown. I, I can't think of the title because I didn't see it. I came in halfway through, and it was really weird. And everyone was like, "You made it up." They didn't believe me, right? And I, I didn't know about it until like in my late twenties. Someone was like, "That was a phenomenon that doesn't exist anymore." Yeah. Like you can't like be half watching TV late at night and something weird just appears in front of your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and if it does, it becomes like a viral video now, like that uh, Too Many Cooks thing. Right. You know, like that was trying to be that. But that's still television. Like we don't even – who uses television? Mm. That's a fair That's a fair thing to say. You're just going to get more episodes of 30 Rock. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing horrifying about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I think I saw most foreign films like, like when I was very, very young right. that I've watched in my life because yeah. they were like – Either it had sex in them or had violence in them, mm-hmm. and uh, they would never be on regular TV. I remember this Mexican horror film that yeah. scared and fascinated me. Do you remember what it was called? No, it oh. was in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> the best Spanish horror film I've ever seen is uh, is Wreck. Have you ever Ooh, seen that? No, it's like a first per. Ah, oh, so good. Anyway, if you if you're still hung up on Halloween, go go watch it, audience. But let's get back to this movie. I was terrified. You were terrified. I can't wait to talk about it with you. But so did you watch it at any point after your initial inoculation with <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China? No. No, this is the first time I've watched it after that. And there's been callbacks in culture. Like there's even a pizza joint on Spadina that's like Big Pizza <laughs> in Little Chinatown or what. You know, there's it's 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 everywhere and I just watched the thing at Cinesphere. Right. So uh, John Carpenter is big in my mind right, right now. And the fact that he made this movie is just fucking weird. It's yes. weird. It's such a departure. It's still Kurt Russell. But is it a departure? Right. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen Ghost of Mars. I haven't seen like... <laughs> you haven't seen Ghost of Mars? I haven't seen his like weirdest stuff. So this seems like a departure because I know the thing. you know. So do you want to, for maybe people like us, that it's only this nightmare they talk about with their therapist, can you run it down? For, for the audience at home? I will try. Okay. <laughs> so it starts sort of strangely with uh, the dude from X-Files. What, you know, right. the, the, yeah, the, yeah. like one of the men in black government conspiracy guy, The guy who always talks to Mulder. He, yeah. is, he is interviewing this older Chinese dude. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he just wants to he, – he just wants to find out what happened, like what went on. Right. And he says, if I'm going to agree to be your lawyer, I just have to ask one thing. Do you really believe in magic? (laughs) (laughs) And then he holds up his hands and he does like a little like Raiden thing. Yeah. Just like lightnings, you know. Between it's like his a hands, Tesla coil. <laughs> right? Yeah, he's a human <laughs> Tesla coil. Did you ever do that when you were younger? Like go to like the science center and touch that ball that made your hair stand on end? I didn't get to go to the science center. Oh God, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Though. Okay, I've okay. seen it on movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's called like a Trachtenberg device or something. I don't know. <laughs> it makes your hair stand. But like that's kind of what it is. It's like this spark between two. Uh... Oh, so you're saying he was using science, not ancient Chinese magic. Oh, as we'll see, it's all science. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he, I mean, I guess he tells the story of Jack Burton, played by Kurt Russell, who is this sort of 
big sort of brawny truck driver dude who his idea of life is (laughs) driving down the highway, sermonizing on his CB radio while eating a giant hoagie. (laughs) It's the biggest hoagie. I think he stole it from the people that were trying to make the Guinness World Book records. Like, (laughs) it's giant. And he is, yeah, he's sermonizing, like you said. He's kind of giving us his facts of life. Yeah. What what it's like for him aboard the Pork Chop Express, as he calls his vehicle. Yeah, it's spray painted on the side of his truck, so we know that it's his vehicle. Yeah. It's very, it's very classy. <laughs> I, I like it already. Yeah, and he's in kind of like this whole like I don't know. How, it's, it's like a A frame shirt. I mm-hmm. like the no sleeves, and then it has like uh, I don't, I don't what, what's the? It's like a Hawaiian sunset on it or something. I I don't know. There's some sort of like I, I assume yeah. it's Chinese characters, right? And, and he's in jeans and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's like your stereotypical. He he is from Die Hard. He's like the knockoff Die Hard guy. Yeah. Yeah, John McClane. And he, he has a delivery in San Francisco, Chinatown, so he goes and he does that, and he finds himself playing this game uh, against this guy whose name is Wang Chi, and he uh, they play all night, and he he fleeces him. He beats him. Yeah. I mean, he. I don't know what game they're playing. It's some sort of dominoes thing. Yeah. But Mahjong maybe. Yeah. yeah and know. he wins like a thousand dollars from him. And right. the guy is obviously upset. Yeah. But back in the eighties, a thousand dollars was worth like a hundred million today. Inflation. <laughs> It'll get you. Right? It's so, still a lot of money. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll play you for a thousand dollars. But they do like a double or nothing thing where he says he's going to cut the bottle. But anyway, the point is, the guy loses. The Chinese guy loses. There's so much that I feel like any other movie would be setting up for a callback. That's never called back to. He never has to like chop a bottle in half later. Oh well. I'm going to blow your mind. It does get called back to because that's part of the motif of Kurt Russell's character is he is a man who is all about the reflexes. So when oh, the reflex, yeah, okay. yeah, when he chops the bottle, it goes flying out and Kurt Russell catches it with his hand. Well, we already know about his reflexes because he said that in his sermons. That's he's, he doesn't even barely have to look at the road. It's, it's all, all the reflexes. reflexes. Yeah. Yeah. But so he needs to get this 2000 bucks from this Chinese guy, except – and so he's not going to let him go about his business mm-hmm. until he has it. But the guy says, first, we have to stop at the airport to right. pick up my girlfriend. Right. So they go there. And make a big deal about her having green eyes. They do – this is this is the thing. It's like the 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 woman in this movie had green eyes because that's like it comes back. That's a callback that comes back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's part of the plot. That's right. You're wondering why is this Wang Chi guy obsessed over his girlfriend's eyes? <laughs> I have other parts that I'm interested in. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm down the here. Intellect. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. while they're at the airport, uh, some thugs they're coming in to kidnap this woman, and Kurt Russell sort of gets in the way and so it's so weird like he sees kim cattrall he's like who is she it's like i don't know she's someone in new york at the airport like yeah it's like kim cattrall like i don't know like is your friend gonna be able to be like oh that's so and so it's like new york there's millions of people well but he does know who it is he says she's trouble (laughs) not big trouble no no that is not the trouble being referred to in this film (laughs) don't worry Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, it's just a weird introduction. And he goes over and starts hitting on her. 
And she's kind of appalled by that. But then her friend gets the woman she's waiting for kind of gets uh, kidnapped by these people. Yeah. Well, they try to kidnap her, but then they end up taking the other girl who is Wang Chi's girlfriend. Yeah. And it's very awkward. It's, it's an awkward scene. They leave the airport with someone at gunpoint and they don't call the cops because they don't want to get cops killed. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe call the police. Yeah. It's just a it's a weird, awkward scene. I didn't like it. But they go chasing after them mm-hmm. in the truck and they end up sort of driving all through the narrow streets of Chinatown and they end up in this alley where they witness a funeral mm-hmm. procession. Yeah. And then a whole bunch of like gang people come yeah. out, like you know, they take out their lives. Huge, huge dance off. <laughs> no. Well, it turns into a slaughter. They like a whole bunch of people machine gun those guys, and then like a whole bunch of other guys come, and then there's these three dudes in oversized straw hats, like right out of Mortal Kombat again, like Raiden, you said. Well, I mean, not right out of Mortal Kombat, but you may say, I mean, sperm to worming Mortal Kombat, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. But Jack and Wang Chi are just like witnessing all of this mm-hmm. because they're in the truck and they don't want to get killed and eventually Jack just decides to drive through them yeah and they jump out of the way but he does end up hitting this other dude with his truck yeah and that dude is kind of like the big bad of this movie yeah low pan we're going to yeah. find out more about him but it turns out they didn't even hit him He's fine. Right. Everything's fucked up. <laughs> they, I, I like, I didn't, I remember them having lightning powers and stuff, but I never remember them grabbing onto a bolt of lightning and then being carried away by it like there's some like electrified Mary Poppins. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> That's super califragilisticexpialidocious. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, it's, it's a great power, just riding lightning all the, all the while. Yeah. 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 But so they don't know what to do. The girlfriend is gone. They go back to the guy's restaurant and they sort of try to formulate a plan. Yeah. And it's really weird because Kim Cattrall just shows up there too. <laughs> and they're like, who's, who's this? And she's like, it's me. And you're, why, why do you know anyone? Why are you here? What's going on? There's no, there's no shoe leather on any of it. So we don't know how anyone is like related to each other yeah. at all in this movie. We're just like, oh, these people are all in the script together. And they have sexual tension. <laughs> it was a war, Eddie. What are you doing here? Don't panic. It's only me, Gracie Law. Great. Uh, I just happen to be in the neighborhood on a dark and stormy night. This is my neighborhood. Well, sure it was a war. And anybody that showed up was going to join Lemley in the hell of being cut to pieces. Hell of being what? Chinese have a lot of hell. And what the hell is Gracie Law doing here? She can't get enough of me. Huh. He wishes. Yeah, well, this is a weird... It Like, as we see later, everyone kind of starts pairing off. Mm. Like, 
it becomes like a Shakespearean comedy where they're like, everyone has to get married at the end of it. <laughs> Hit it. And then like a song plays and the lute player comes out and they all dance. It's just like a weird – yeah, it's it's a weird, weird movie on a lot of levels. Yeah. Mm. But Kim Cattrall tells them that Miao Yin is being held by some people at the White Tiger, which is a brothel. And so – Kurt Russell goes undercover yeah. as a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I love that this trucker character is really good at acting. Like he's great. He's he's a great nerd, and I I want to see Kurt Russell as a nerd more. I, I I like that character a lot. Yeah. But why is the trucker character good at playing characters? That's what I, I want to know, Rob. I I don't know. Makes Why can't no he go to this brothel as a trucker? <laughs> Truckers need love. And they've got the cash. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is it more like, like, oh, yeah, no, this dweeb from this city in a tweed <laughs> coat is coming in. Like, a trucker is going to – more truckers are going to frequent that place, I'd say. Mm. <laughs> Dweebs and tweed. But they infiltrate that place and just as they're about to rescue Miao Yin, the ceiling opens up and the three Raiden dudes – Drop down and kidnap her. Uh, why, uh. Anyway, so they go on the chase. Yeah. Now Kurt Russell – and we also meet another character at this point because Kim Cattrall has a journalist friend. Right. Kim Cattrall is a lawyer who's like working to get this woman into the into the country. And then her lawyer uh, – her, her journalist friend is kind of – I don't know. It's not a great character. They make no, fun she's of her like, a lot. She's like the worst journalist basically ever. <laughs> yeah, it's they yeah, they kind of just make like dumb blonde jokes about this redhead all movie. Like it's kind of yeah. Oh yeah. I felt really bad for her also because she's like Richard Burton's daughter, <laughs> you know, classical Richard Burton. I mean, they probably stole his name for Jack Burton. Yeah. And then they're like, "Oh, like let's make you know, this flesh and blood." Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I I I felt bad for her too. I mean, no character, and also just but being I did shit like on a whole movie. I did like that John Carpenter or the people who wrote this movie did try to ground this ridiculous movie in like something real. Like, yeah, like human trafficking is a thing. Like, yeah. media people should be looking into that. Maybe they don't have the courage to. I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm just saying you need a burly trucker to do it. <laughs> so Lo Pen, who is the mystical big boss bad guy that we saw Jack hit with his truck earlier, he is apparently also this old dude. Yeah, it's like this crazy reveal where he comes out in the wheelchair and under like 13 pounds of makeup. He can yeah. already hold his head up because there's yeah. so much on it. And he's like supposed to be like this actual Chinese businessman who is very reclusive and nobody's ever seen him. So they decide to go and infiltrate his business mm-hmm. and uh, that is bound to be where she's being held. So they go there <laughs> sort of in disguise, and I'm doing air quotes, yeah. as like a telephone repairman. Like he's literally carrying a rotary phone in his hand. <laughs> this is going to take Cracker Jack timing, Wang. Total concentration. You ready, Jack? I was born ready. Whoa! Whoa. I love working Whoa. nights. Wait, don't get up. Don't get up. Hold on. Don't get up. All right, boys, where's the main panel? Probably through here, huh? Good work, Jack. I think they actually fell for it. Yeah. 
And and it took a long time for me to realize that this movie is making fun of itself on a lot of levels. Yeah. Uh, because as a kid, when I saw it, I you just take everything at face value, right? Right. Like, it's, it's, there's no satire to it. You just you watch it. And so when I was watching it, I was like, oh, like these characters, like I'm watching it with such a critical eye because we're doing the podcast. And, uh, and then when it gets to this point and he's like, yeah, we're telephone repairman. And they go in there and, and they go in there like, did that work? And he's like, I don't know. Like we just walked by them. They didn't do anything. Like it's just they they needed – someone was like, you need an obstacle for them. And the writers were like, I don't want an obstacle. I just want to get to the next scene. Yeah. So they just wrote this. Uh, it was just so funny. And I I started – this is kind of when the movie started being really, really charming to me. Yeah. So they go in and, and they just – they're bad telephone repairmen already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there's some cameras, so they kind of keep, have to keep up the ruse. I like that too. Yeah. 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 Even though they probably don't record audio. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But they go all through there, and there's, like, a bunch of weird shit in there. Like, they go down an elevator and end up in this, like, tank with, like, decaying bodies. It's weird. Like, the elevator turns into a saltwater tank. Like, why would... I, oh. <laughs> I know, and they're also giving us like this information, like, "Oh, this is salt water. It must be connected to the ocean." <laughs> it's like, "Oh, well, that's going to help us out with all the things that we're confused about." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wait, it's salt water. Relax. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> that explains the whole lightning thing. <laughs> yeah, they'll be able to float a little bit better. It's uh, better for their skin. You know, yeah. and that's nice. They get out of that, and then they're captured by one of the three storms, one of the three raiding guys, and then that's when they get sort of introduced to David Lopen, mm-hmm. and he is, like we said, fucking old, yeah, <laughs> and also in a wheelchair, and he sort of reveals that he <laughs> is. Uh, he has like the longest coke nail of all time. I'm just yeah, gonna point it out. Right. There's like that one pinky. Oh, this is crazy. <laughs> I thought that was so we could play banjo. <laughs> Steve Martin has one just like it. <laughs> yeah, that's for banjo too, right, Steve? <laughs> but he is uh, a couple thousand years old. And a long time ago, China's first sovereign emperor cast a spell on him that made him incorporeal. Mm. So, uh, yeah, no body. Yeah, that means. Uh, no ladies can touch your junk. <laughs> it's That's the, the only thing it means. It's, it's the worst part. <laughs> I mean, movie, for this guy, apparently. Because he gets horny about it. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Every character in this movie was written by a teenager. I'm, I don't know if it was the same teenager, but it was written by a teenager. There was a few teenagers involved. Oh, God. Because he reveals his plan that he has to, in order to break his spell, he has yeah. to marry a green-eyed girl. Right. Which is very rare uh, for Chinese people. Right. But it's not so rare in this movie because <laughs> both Miao Yin and Kim Cattrall's character, Gracie Law, have – are wearing green contact lenses. Wait. You just fucking blew my mind. Her name is Gracie Law and she's a lawyer? <laughs> Fuck I this. Think, I think she – I think it is. God Maybe damn it. That doesn't seem – No, it is. It is. 100 percent correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, Jack Burton should have just been named like White Savior. They're, like they should have all just had names of what they did in this movie. Her name is Gracie Law. There you go. Yeah, but yeah. she had no choice but to become a lawyer. <laughs> That's what happened. That's why you became a Waters. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty salty about that too. <laughs> um, he needs to. He needs to marry these girls and then like pierce their flesh to become. Like yeah, he's got to kill them too as well. Yeah, but um, at that point, all of the other people who have been waiting for Jack and Wang to uh, get out, they have also sort of like broken in, and so they're all there together. And this is where they like rescue a whole bunch of uh, women who have been like held captive mm-hmm. and they're like running and getting ready <laughs> oh, to God, escape soon, yeah. and they're like going through you know back through the sewer or whatever and uh, Jack is like to Kim Cattrall you know I'll, I'll go out and cause a distraction and you keep up the rear but poor Kim Cattrall like what happens to every Samantha in New York City <laughs> she gets kidnapped by a Sasquatch <laughs> She sees these eyes that are watching her and then, like, looks closer. Right. Like, there's, like, this statue and then these fake eyes go away and then a different pair of fake eyes appears. (laughs) (laughs) That's so weird. But, yeah, uh, a very hirsute uh, gentleman kidnaps her. And the people that they went in to rescue, they've rescued dozens of other people. Yeah. But not the two women in this movie. They left them behind. That's the tricky part. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you go to the grocery store, you forget what you came for. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. They needed to put a note on their phone. But I want to talk about this monster more. What? (laughs) (laughs) What movie did it come from? (laughs) Did it wander on set from a different film? Like, I don't know. Was it like a rejected Harry and the Hendersons costume? (laughs) All this, all this is just so. His whole his whole face is like they took Harry and the Henderson and just smushed it. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, it's a weird left turn in a movie full of left turns. It should be a right turn then. <laughs> I'm not a trucker, <laughs> but we're going in circles. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah, that monster is weird. It comes out of nowhere to kidnap Kim Cattrall. And then the next scene is kind of like – I can only imagine the makeup department was like, you want to put us uh, – what makeup? You want to put us on Kim Cattrall? OK. This is, <laughs> this is really going to read well in uh, in 30 years. Great. Right. So yeah. they put her in the geisha makeup. It's weird because she has some agency a little bit. Like she gets mesmerized by the guy's eyes but then she breaks out of it. Mm-hmm. Only to be mesmerized by the guy's eyes again. Yeah. Like, there's no reason for her to break out of it and look around. I don't know. This part's also a bit confusing because for whatever reason, the guy makes the storms do like a karate demonstration for them. <laughs> it's like part of the wedding ceremony. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm marrying these two girls. They're going to want to see some karate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm pretty old. Can you show them how virile you are? Because <laughs> that would really help me out. You're going to be doing most of the work, Storms. <laughs> this is sort of a Hugh Hefner situation. I'm just going to be watching. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So well, There's also, like, the fun part where, like, he, like, makes them, like, hold on to these swords 
and then the swords glow like white hot and then lifts them into the air. And they touch like a silver bell at the top. Yeah. Silver it's basically bells. like what's that Shenyun Orchestra, you know? Thing? <laughs> it is not that at all. Right. <laughs> no? No. Okay. No, no, no. It's very acrobatic though. <laughs> but this movie would purport that to be true. I'm sure this movie is is seven Sundays from appropriate. <laughs> it is. Oh, God. It's a lot of things. Yeah. But yes, that's when he declares, you know what? I'm going to marry them both. Because <laughs> why not? He's 2,000 years old. He's worked hard for this. God, yeah. At this point is where they have to go and rescue them because it's the wedding ceremony and they've got to be wedding crashers about that, pick up some bridesmaids. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, um, this is not, it's not like a Western wedding ceremony. So there's a little bit of difference. There's, um, there's the whole love needle aspect. <laughs> That's what he calls his penis. And it's not uh, <laughs> a flattering name. I don't know why he'd call it that. Pick something a little girthier. But yeah. no, he does He does have to like pierce their wrists with a... I a mean, giant for, knitting needle. Yeah, and then he like uses his coke nail to do it. Uh, he's just really improvising at that point. He's, lo- he's lost the thread. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. But they're getting ready to rescue them and uh, this is where the big fight scene happens except for Jack who uh, shoots the uh, archway above him and gets knocked out by (laughs) and this is why I fell in love with this movie because you have this like John McClane guy who I'm Jack Burton and I'm cocky and I'm kissing the girl without her permission and she's very upset about it and I'm still grinding up on her like a fucking perv and I'm going to kill everyone and talk a big game and he is a smoking ad for the rest of the – he's just like so impotent for like the rest right. of this movie yeah. and I love it. Right. I just, it just takes the, the wind out of the, the action hero sails so yeah. well and the end of the movie is where I think they kind of ruin it. Uh, for me. Okay. Uh, but, Well, please, I mean, the big battle's happening yeah. in, there's like a neon statue that's there. Yeah. And, I mean, all the... It looks like a New Yorker's loft, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. And, yeah, all the all the Chinese guys are kicking lots of ass. <laughs> and Kurt Russell picks himself off the, up off the floor eventually, and they go after Lo Pen. Uh, who has Miao Yin. Oh, not so fast, gentlemen. Oh, is it too much to ask, Thunder? Kill him for me! Won't solve anything, Dave. Too many people around here been dropping like flies already, and where's that getting us, huh? Nowhere. Fast. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? Who? Jack Burton. Me. Jack always says, what the hell? He throws his knife, the knife that he's been, you know, playing with the whole movie, misses. Right. Spectacularly. Yeah, yeah. Hits the gong, which is a great little sound effect there. Boom. Yeah, and it's only when Lopen throws the knife back that Jack's reflexes <laughs> allow him to grab the knife in midair, throw it back, hit him straight in the forehead. Bam. Yeah. America. (laughs) And that's why I didn't like the movie because he's such an impotent character the entire way through. And then he's the person to like take down the big bad guy 
it was definitely America. <laughs> it was definitely <laughs> like like World War Two. Like we're gonna let everyone else fight for the longest time, and then we're gonna come in like really late, and then we're gonna be the people that take all the credit. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, <laughs> still sore about that, huh? <laughs> I just feel like Passchendaele uh, should end <laughs> um, But yeah, I I just feel like it was uh, it was very much a. Uh, I, 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 at that point, I was like, ugh. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's not over yet because they ha- still have to fight the three shadows. Or, I mean, the one guy just gets mad and puffs himself up. And, uh, I don't understand this whatsoever. They're like, we can't fight him. He's too strong. And then he's like, oh. And he starts like getting into the whole thing. And he just explodes himself. When he could have easily killed them <laughs> using yeah. any other means. Well, I think he exploded himself out of grief. Oh, wow. For his master. I thought it was kind of like a metaphor for anger. And oh. like the fact that if you carry your anger with you, it really just hurts you. You know? Does Learn it? to forgive people. Should I? <laughs> so, yeah, they kill everyone and, and they, they get out of there. Yeah. 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 And then... They're all safe. Yeah. They all go back to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, like you said, they sort of pair off. Yep. You know? And then Jack can't, you know? He's just... He's, he's not a man to settle down. His life is the open road on the Pork Shop Express. He's got to get back to that vehicle. You, you know? know? Where he's really... That's the thing he's really in love with. His life is his sandwich. <laughs> that's the whole reason why he was... Going on this crazy adventure, he just wanted to get his truck back. <laughs> just give me my truck back. <laughs> Does it go back to the guy who was telling the story at the beginning? No. <laughs> so <laughs> you kind of left the, the the thread drop there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. The X file guy is like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be your lawyer. <laughs> you should get Gracie Law. <laughs> <laughs> She'll take any case. <laughs> And that's Big Trouble in Little China. We have, or I have, some trivia for you, Blaine. Oh, I can't wait. And we're going to do the whole behind-the-scenes thing to try to try to glean how this batshit crazy movie <laughs> came together after this break. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to Rewatchability. We are talking about Big Trouble in Little China. Blaine. Rob. We've been through so much already. <laughs> we even talked about the brain guy with the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? It looked oh. like looked like a Doom character. I thought it was like the thing from Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, Like the yeah. Beholder. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, not at all. No, I'm just nodding. Uh, yeah, it was just – there's so many weirdnesses to it. None of it – oh, we didn't even talk about the Sasquatch guy coming back and being on the truck at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like the X-Files, like, dun-dun, to be continued. 
I would like to see one more scene where the Sasquatch like climbs into the uh, passenger seat yeah. and then they become buddies going down on the open road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jack just like hands him the hoagie. He's like, yeah, I'm so hungry. Thank Jack you. and Sasquatch. <laughs> it's like a talking blues tune. <laughs> Want to tell you a story. About, about me and Sasquatch. Yeah. Heading on down the road. Sasquatch and Bobby McGee. <laughs> Okay, so what's the what? What are the trivia's you got for me? Okay, all the trivia's given me. Okay, I don't think that's a plural of trivia. Okay, we got it. <laughs> okay, I'm an English major. <laughs> so this film features some work by Al Leong, who has made a name for himself as a henchman in a lot of '80s movies. You may recognize him from the long hair, yet sort of balding. Also, the Fu Manchu mustache. Oh wow! Okay. Can you picture who I'm talking about? Oh, it's like just barely, yes. Okay, well, it's going to make this question difficult because I want you to name one other movie that he's appeared in. Oh. And he's appeared in all of them, so you basically just have to name one movie. No, Wait. I'm kidding. But I, he's obviously been in less than that, but he, he was in I pretty much anything. Him. I can picture him. It's like it's in another action movie where he plays like a terrorist kind of guy. Uh, die, I'm going to say Die Hard. Playing. Come on. No. That's weak. Yeah, is it? It's Die Hard. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is in Die Hard. Oh, I worked hard for that. As well as many other films. He's in Lethal Weapon. He also appeared in They Live, also by John Carpenter. And, of course, he played Genghis Khan in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, great. Yeah. I like when I see that guy in things. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's great. great. Yeah. There are a lot of great actors, many of them who... We don't really recognize because yeah. they're not white people. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, 80s and 90s and 2010s and a lot of 2015s. Anyway, go on. Yeah, so I did, definitely did do some IMDb work on some of the other people who appeared in this film as well, like James Hong, who played Lo Pan. He has appeared in a lot of things. Oh, I bet. Yeah, like, I recognize him from a lot of things. Most recently, he was in Kung Fu Panda. Oh, nice. And Kung Fu Panda 2, The Awesomeness. Mm -hmm. And he also appeared uh, before this in Blade Runner as Hannibal Chu. Oh, cool. Yeah. Didn't the writer of this write Blade Runner? You're no. Not, Total Recall. Yeah, you're not far off. One of the writers did a punch-up on Total Recall and wrote a draft of Minority Port yeah. and wrote the Nicolas Cage movie Next. So yeah. those are all Philip K. Dick adaptations. Yeah, and this is not. This is not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's as well put together as a Philip K. Dick adaptation. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so question number two. Oh, those. This one's going to be tough. Okay. So the group who plays the title song, Big Trouble in Little China, features three people who were connected to the Halloween franchise. Who are they and what were their roles? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Was John Carpenter? That's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Three of them? You son of a bitch. Uh, what were the composers for both movies? Was that another one? John Carpenter? I guess. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I'm no. Okay. I'm, you, I'm, yeah, no, that's I'm, maybe not fair. Uh, John Carpenter. So the band. And John Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> it was three John Carpenters. It was John and the Carpenters. <laughs> No, the other two guys were Nick Castle, 
who uh, obviously yeah I should have got that one you <laughs> son of a bitch well he only played one of the most famous horror villains of all time Michael Myers in the original Halloween okay. so if you don't know that maybe you just don't know enough about movies <laughs> I, don't, I don't I have to rewatch all of them Rob <laughs> just to understand them oh and he also I should mention uh, Nick Castle reprised or reprised his role in the Danny McBride Halloween oh, last wow. year. There you go. Yeah, so, yeah. I thought those movements were familiar. And also <laughs> Tommy Lee Wallace, who was the editor on Halloween and also directed and wrote Halloween 3, was wow. also in that band. Married to Pamela Anderson, eh? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. That's uh, punishing above his weight, <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> but I fucking love this song. <laughs> and by love it, I mean, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I love that John Carpenter was like, well, I made this movie. Now I'm going to go compose the score. And now I'm going to make this like rocking new wave 80s theme song. (laughs) Big trouble. (laughs) (laughs) And I believe that John Carpenter is actually singing parts of the song too. I think he does the big trouble. (laughs) And then one of the other guys. That's some big bass. I can't tell which. Does the little China. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that song is uh, beautiful. It I is think, beautiful. I think I had it at my wedding. I'm pretty sure. I remember. The first That dance. was your first dance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> your wife was angry. And that's why she filed for an annulment. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your third question there? This one you probably won't get because it's a bit random. But which actor – from Big Trouble in Little China, appears in a Jack Kerouac book, Big Sur. He's the actor? Yeah, which actor was written about by Jack Kerouac? If, if an actor was written about by Jack Kerouac, you would know about it. Yeah. He uh, wrote On the Road. Sorry, what? Um, <laughs> I mean, Kurt Russell? Obviously Not. Oh, man. No, the correct answer is Victor Wong, who plays Egg Chen. Okay. He had a... Yeah, perfect name, by the way. Not racist at all. (laughs) Yeah. It's awesome. (laughs) He had a crazy and interesting life. Mm. He uh, studied... He was in Tremors, right? He was in Tremors. Oh, he's so good. Graboids. And he also plays the grandpa in Three Ninjas. Yes! (laughs) Yeah! Oh, my God. But he was an artist in the 60s, and he studied under Mark Rothko. What? Yeah. Jesus. And then, yeah, he met uh, Jack Kerouac in the 60s. He was way into the beat scene, man. That's awesome. He had his, like, paintings exhibited at the Cedar Lights bookstore. He was friends with Lawrence Ferlinghetti. And, uh, yeah, he was uh, written about in uh, Big Sur as the character Arthur Ma. That's awesome. Yeah. What a life. I love that. And then he's in this movie, and he's just, I think he's great in this movie. Yeah, he's funny. You know, yeah. He knows what this movie is. Exactly. I think there are a lot of people who don't know what this movie is in this movie? Well, I think it takes a little bit of both. You have to both be aware of it, but then also take it too seriously in order right, for because, it to work. Yeah, because it deserves that. It needs that. For sure. Yeah. Now, this movie didn't have, like, the smoothest development. It was originally written as a Western oh, Jesus. that took place at the turn of the century. 
and then it was mixed with a nursery rhyme, <laughs> and a guy listened to his dog bark while he was on acid and wrote down what the dog said. Yes. Like, that feels like what this – so it was a Western to begin with. Yeah, taking place in the 1880s. It was written by um, Gary Goldman and David Z. Weinstein, and they sold it to a studio. Not that Weinstein. No, okay. not that Weinstein, though, yeah. again, I checked. <laughs> After seeing this movie, why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And they were paid to do rewrites of it. They were paid to do one rewrite of it, but then the studio asked them to do another remix. Rewrite. And they refused to update it into the modern era. Wow. And so they were replaced. The guy they replaced them with, W.D. Richter, he went on to direct uh, Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And he also – he's the one who – I think he also had credits on Total Recall and okay. uh, the other one. But yeah, it, he – So he came in, updated it from the 1800s. That's right. Yeah. And then John Carpenter said he also changed a few things and took out some of the things that were uh, – would be offensive to Chinese Americans. Oh, good. Some of the things. Glad someone really went through that with a fine-tooth comb. <laughs> Yeah, but they originally – I think the world uh, – China is, is very mad at certain countries in the world and U.S. being one of them. I think uh, I think they finally saw this movie like we did. I think they finally <laughs> saw it and they were like, no, enough of this. You got fuck you guys. I mean the, it was a commercial failure. It made $11.1 million from a budget of $25 million. Ooh. Yes. Where did the money go on this movie? <laughs> well, there was a lot of sets built. Like they built yeah. a three-story Chinatown to wow. shoot in. And yeah, there's lots of special effects. Though they only spent about a million dollars on the monster type effects, which uh, yeah. John Carpenter was not too happy with how they turned out. <laughs> and the guys from the effects studio were like, uh, yeah, a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> You get what you pay for, John. <laughs> Before John Carpenter was attached, they uh, were looking at some other people to be the role of Jack Burton. The first person they uh, thought of was Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Are you feeling lucky, punk? I'm sure Clint Eastwood have been an all for this movie. <laughs> I'm surprised Kurt Russell was all for this movie. It's such a weird one. But I feel like this come this came after the thing, right? Uh, yeah. So Car- Carpenter still had like a good relationship. He had a relationship with Kurt Russell, and that's why he kind of probably was able to talk. But this, like reading this script, you'd be like, "What is this? Well, he who is this for?" Kurt Russell did say that he had some uh, trouble finding the angle for the character. Yeah, but eventually he feels like he did. I think he did it well. Like, yeah, he's like, the, you have to have such swagger to like make the impotence work. You know? Yeah, for sure. And that's like exactly what John Carpenter was trying. For He did want to make a kung fu movie, but he also wanted to make a movie that was subverting like many of the stereotypes of the sort of movies that were being produced at the time, yeah. which would typically feature like a very competent Caucasian hero and then like, his uh, stereotype sidekick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, who does, you know, all the, the martial arts stuff. You know, like the Green, green Hornet, Hornet sort Kato, of. Yeah. yeah. Um, Temple of Doom. Yeah. Yeah. So John Carpenter wanted to subvert that. So he and Kurt Russell both talk about this character as being like totally incompetent, as right. yeah, being full of bravado. And he is very much like 
emblematic of like the stereotypical American man, like especially mm. the American man as you see it in these sorts of movies. He's a tough dude. He's a lone wolf. He loves his truck. Yeah. But he's not going to get tied down by some woman. <laughs> <laughs> not even Samantha. Not even Samantha. <laughs> well, story of her life. Can it, Canada's Kim Cattrall. Yeah. Well, you know, while I was doing research for the uh, trivia, I found out some interesting facts. Mm. You know, our prime minister, Justin Trudeau. Yeah. She has been mistaken for Justin Trudeau's mom. Oh, God. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. Like the media was like, put a picture of Kim Cattrall and was like, Justin Trudeau's mom. <laughs> but here's the crazy thing. It was just because she was in her geisha makeup. And they were like, you know, <laughs> well, he does the party stuff. So... <laughs> <laughs> it must but be her. The crazy thing is that she did date Pierre Elliott Trudeau, <laughs> Justin Trudeau's dad. Oh, nice. Yeah, because a lot of people don't know this. Our former prime minister, Trudeau, the dead one, was a slut. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah. 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 He, he, he made the rounds. He made the rounds. He was a, he was a pretty charming guy, though. There's... He was a swinging bachelor when he was first elected. Yeah. yeah. And there's that story of this uh, news reporter that, like, snuck into this party, this fancy shindig that he was having. Mm-hmm. And, and when she snuck in through the basement window, she, like, caught a snag on her dress. And, and she found him, danced with him, and said, you know, I snuck in here. I even have a hole in my dress. And he was like, yeah, but in all the right places. He's like this, like suave ass. Like (laughs) that's funny. There's also the that like Che Guevara is actually Justin's dad. Yeah, yeah. His yeah. I mean, that's funny. His Justin Trudeau's parents were very free people. (laughs) (laughs) It was the seventies. What are you gonna do? He was prime minister. She was dating the Rolling Stones. What are you going to do with a goldfish bowl full of keys? You know? <laughs> you got to do something with it. Okay, some other random stuff. Let me shoehorn this stuff in before we finish Please. her up. For uh, Wang Chi, they originally wanted to get a little-known actor named um, Jackie Chan. Oh. But the producers weren't convinced that he was good enough with English. Okay. So like they the Arnie did syndrome. it. Yeah, even though yeah. John Carpenter wanted to cast him following the success of Police Story, right. they uh, wouldn't let him. So they got uh, the other guy, Dennis Dunn, instead, who I think is great. He does a, a great job as like the de facto protagonist of this film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's funny. His reactions are all very, like, very precise. Mm-hmm. I noticed that. Like, all his looks, very comedic. I, I liked him. I enjoyed him. Yeah, though movie. I feel bad that he has to do the whole, like, nothing or double thing at the beginning of the movie. Right. I'm like, come on. I know. Come I know. on. Yeah, you know, you can get a lead, but you're you're still you're still going to have to do the awful things. Yeah. But as I mentioned, this movie did bomb. It made uh, only 11.1 million dollars, though it's since become a a cult hit. Obviously, yeah. like all the movies of John Carpenter, especially the early ones have been reevaluated in their critical context as John Carpenter, the auteur, mm-hmm. the person who, you know, defined horror for many of us. Right. And yeah, people people love this movie now. It's been it's big. It's a big movie. <laughs> but they th- they say that a lot of the blame for its failure was uh placed on another movie, Aliens, because apparently Alien came out Alien Singular came out 16 days after this. 
So uh, John Carpenter thinks the anticipation for Alien, people are like, well, am I going to see Big Trouble in Little China when Alien comes out in 16 days? That's barely half a month. <laughs> uh, I love that he blames that instead of this, this shit show of a movie. <laughs> yeah. But he became very disillusioned with oh, Hollywood. Yeah. And he, he quit Hollywood after this and, and swore to go back to independent filmmaking. Wow. Yeah. So he, what did he do after this? Uh, well, he did a lot of movies. They did They Live was after this. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, favorite too. the aforementioned Ghosts of Mars. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> that happened. Yeah. it's I, He did, I think, eventually, you know, do movies back within the Hollywood system. But, uh, not, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think maybe he was misdirecting some of the blame f- for this one. Because it was really yes. just before its time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no one could make this movie... Again, this movie is never going to be made again. No. I mean, it is like a special intersection, right? Between like John Carpenter is obviously trying to make a movie that is like a Chinese action movie, but he's an outsider. Yeah. He's doing it as an outsider. Mm -hmm. He's doing it sort of from an outsider's perspective. Like that is what Kurt Russell sort of represents. Yeah, but I think the, the the setting also represents that. It's it's still in New York, you know? It's well, still, San Francisco. Sorry, San Francisco. It's still in like a uh like a big US city. So it it is like an outsider's view of like it's not in China itself, you know? So, yeah. Well, and it, it does I like that. He does it. um a lot of it is apparently based on like real history about San Francisco's Chinatown. Mm. And so like the Sasquatch and the Yeah, brain, the Sasquatch stuff, yeah. yeah, the Sasquatch was also a big part of the beat movement. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah uh, dated Allen Ginsberg. Oh, wow. So but I mean, oh. like all the stuff about like Made you know yeah. how the Chinese community came and how they built up like that sp- particular part of town and like uh, some of the gangs that are referenced in the movie are referencing real gangs that you know operated in that uh, in that space. When I think Big Trouble in Little Chinatown, I think history lesson, and I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad I'm right on that. But you have to like base it on the real stuff. Right. And then you put in, like, the crazy Sasquatch and the magical powers. <laughs> I mean, it is all over the place. But, I, you know, it, it also, like, it influenced a lot. Like, we talked about Mortal Kombat. Raiden was just totally taken from the yeah. storms. And Shang Tsung, yeah. totally taken from Lo Pen. Right. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff. Like, watching this movie... The thing that I thought about was Double Dragon. Like, it right. feels like... Definitely. You know, that sort of, like, mixture of, like, yeah, like, urban America what, plus... Yes. When the U.S., like, fell in love with martial arts. Yeah. And the culture behind it, yeah. Yeah. Karate Kid is coming out soon. All that stuff, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and and I say that this movie would never be made now, uh, but I think there's a remake well, in, in the works. It's not a remake, don't call it a remake. <laughs> it's a sequel. And it is going to be starring the only actor left, <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Of course. He's the only guy there is. There's nobody else. Oh, Jesus. So he's going to be playing all the characters. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Kevin Hart, who is playing a Chinese man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and apparently it is, I think, going ahead. They were talking about it. I think the last bit of news that came out was uh, in 2018. So I would assume that it's going to happen. 
Kurt Russell is okay with it. He is also a player in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Right. He's been in Fast Furious 7 and Fast Furious 8 as Mr. Nobody. Mm. So he has a little bit of a kinship with The Rock. Right. So he said that he's okay with it. He probably won't show up in it, but he's fine if The Rock wants to go and have his little adventure. He'll show up in it. He'll be a floating lung or something <laughs> like that. He'll be fine. But John Carpenter, he is not so impressed. He doesn't think that it needs to be redone. And, uh, yeah, he, he says it's basically they need a vehicle for The Rock and they don't really care about his movie or him. It's just about putting Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, but – like I'm sure he's just saying like just re-release the first one just don't put it 16 days before <laughs> Alien is you know Prometheus yeah. is released. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well that shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a lot to hate in this movie and I understand why it didn't do well. It's also like it suffers from the Princess Bride syndrome a little bit too of being so many different movies in one. Right. Like there is that western, there is that kung fu movie. It's an action, it's an American action movie at the same time. It's a comedy. It's all over the place. It's a it's an assault on one culture. It is it is like all over the place. And so I I think that people talking about that movie are like how was it? Like I don't know what I watched. Yeah. Like, I I can't tell you how it was because it's it defies so many so much of what I see. Day to, day to day. It's a lot to grasp. Yeah. So, Blaine, did you think that Big Trouble in Little China was rewatchable? <laughs> I think that there Speed are up, okay? uh, there are a lot of <laughs> – shut up. <laughs> Give me my time. You can speed it up after. Just put it at like 1.7 or something. I think there are a lot of movies that are not good movies, but that are enjoyable to watch. And this is one of them. I enjoyed watching it. Every fucking scene, I was just like, what now? Like, what did you do? I loved that surprise. I loved that. Yeah, I, I yeah, I liked I, I liked a lot. I thought that Kurt Russell did a pretty good job after saying he didn't know what he was doing. It seemed like he did. Yeah. Kim Cattrall is a treat. I really Isn't enjoyed it. she? I I really enjoy Kim Cattrall. I think she's she's funny in this movie, mm-hmm. and she's uh, she's a good actress. Um, and yeah, I, I I it came together more and more as I watched it, and I realized what I was watching. Um, but it's it's a hard one to get into. It's a weird movie. It's a weird movie. What did you, what did you think? Yeah, I mean. I don't really love the kind of movies that it's uh, subverting. Right. I don't – it takes a lot for me to get into an action movie. Um, but I did find myself enjoying parts of it. It is like all over the place and like trying to like watch it with any sort of critical eye is uh, futile. <laughs> yes. I think that's the word I was searching for in that, like, seven-minute pause. But I also think, like, this movie, like, it became beloved by, like, embracing its badness. Like, the... Like, the room or, like, stuff like that. Yeah, and, like, it... Obviously, not all of it is bad because John Carpenter is a masterful film director. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's done a million films that are very well made. He can do anything even when 
you know. But it's hard. Like you watched the I watched the thing like three days before I watched this, and it's night and day. You know, it is. But the thing San is Francisco also crazy. The you know, thing is also crazy, but it's crazy in such a in in such a definable way. Whereas this is just like, what am I watching? The first ten minutes of the thing, you see some guy shoot a dog. Yeah. And what's up with that dog? It doesn't like – the dog's not immediately floating in the air <laughs> and someone's speaking through it and then you – in San, anyway. It, right. I, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of hoops to jump through to enjoy this movie. But if you if you can, if you haven't seen it ever before or if you want to revisit it, it's crazier than you remember. <laughs> yeah. It definitely is. <laughs> which is fun for a rewatch. Which is really So I'm going to say it's rewatchable. I'm going to say it's rewatchable too. I'm glad we did it. Yes. Yeah. So that's rewatchability for this week. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or on any of the other many podcasters out there. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean. Yeah. And you should check those out. Don't give in to the homogeny of Apple Podcasts (laughs) unless you want to. We also – you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And if you'd like to donate, you can go to patreon.com slash rewatchability. And if you'd like to support us in a different way, you could buy a rewatchability T-shirt. And that is at tpublic.com slash rewatchability. And we will be back next week with a movie that is hopefully less crazy than this. (laughs) Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.